UX Podcast Episode 204. Hello, I'm James Roy Lawson. And I'm Danway Tran Luciani. This is UX Podcast. We're in Stockholm, Sweden, and you're listening in 182 countries from Indonesia to Oman. Today we're going to be talking about sound and designing with sound. It's something that we've had on our list of topics for over five years, and at last we have a great excuse to talk about it, as Amber Case and Aaron Day have written a book about it. It's called Designing with Sound, Fundamentals for Products and Services, and it's published through O'Reilly. Aaron Day, one of the authors, is an auditory experience designer and has spent the past two decades designing sound experiences and interfaces for a whole string of international clients. And Aaron is our guest today. Can you give us an insight into the practical side? How do we go about designing sound or or even designing with sound? Mm. Well, I think the... uh the first question to ask yourself, is this a problem that needs you to add sound to fix it? I divide my work into into two categories. Um, I just gave them the names additive and subtractive sound design. And the subtractive, calling something subtractive sound design can be, um, that can be a little confusing because there's things called subtractive synthesis. But it's just a, it's just a f- terms that I used um, in the last 20 years so that I knew what I was doing when I was doing it. And to that point, um, before you add sound to a system or a product, yeah, ask yourself, does this need to make more noise than it already is? If it doesn't, are there ways that I can reduce the noise or the sounds that it makes to improve the user experience? So by that you mean um, that we, it would be adaptive sound? I guess. Well, no, no, not oh. even not even that. It could be, um, uh, say, you have a product that has a, a fan in it, and um, uh, small, like cheaper fans, are um, they spin faster and they make more noise. They go, <laughs> and I don't know what the room you're in sounds like now, but you may have a couple, uh, one or two PCs in there or something, or you may have some other device that needs to be cooled. And that that fan noise um, it stacks up, and um, maybe a way that you could, if you're designing, if you're working on a, some sort of product, um, and it has a fan, would be to put a better quality fan in with bigger blades, a lower um, spin or lower RPM, and that will reduce the center frequency of the the noise. So instead of going fish, maybe it goes, or maybe not even at all, not at all. And, and that's what I mean by starting by looking at ways that you can take away um, sound from a product or an experience to, to let the other sounds come through. Now, um, there are, of course, times when uh, if you need a phone to ring, then you do need to add sound to it. So, but I, I try to start with how can we take, how can we make it quieter? How can we take um, signal away? Because as it stands, we're being bombarded from morning to night 
with things trying to get our attention. I was just thinking about the general design principle of less is more. I guess it applies to sound as well, since sound is as well another design material that should be treated as such. Yeah, uh, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, and, and the, the whole thing of getting a, a, a clean baseline, I guess. Well, no, I don't mean baseline as in a lower sound, but just that <laughs> kind of starting with a with a simpler soundstage to put something well, else on top. It's it's just there are yeah. Back to this grabbing your attention. There are so many things around us trying to grab our attention, and each time each each time our attention is taken away, um, th- you have to spend time getting getting your focus back. And um, I think, uh, well, I don't want to sound too dramatic about it, but I think that has a, I think this has a, a negative impact on our on our mental health. So, as a as a as a designer, um, I've tried to, you know, start with how can we take sound away, and also to make it not bad. That is, make the 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 result of the design be something that. Um, unless it's supposed to annoy people, uh, like a fire alarm or something, to make sure that whatever it is that you're building or you're, you're adding to this product isn't going to increase the, um, the experience, the stre- any stressful experiences that the person might have any more than they have to. Sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I've lived in Germany for 18 years now, and I'm, I'm, I'm illiterate in two languages, so... It's, it's Pardon a, me for it, wandering. It, it's okay, Aaron. I'm, I've lived in Sweden for, for 18 years, so I, I know exactly what you mean. I, at times, my, my language in, in English and Swedish just kind of evaporates. Okay. Uh, but how do you, um, how do you judge um, the, how good or bad a sound is? That's a $60,000 question, isn't there? Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, as with most things, it depends. Mm. So I'll give you an example of, of one of the, the, the problems that I struggle with to this day, and it's a, it's a, um, it's a presentation to uh, uh, decision maker uh, problem. So, the impact of sound on your experience, if it's something that you hear, you know, ten thousand times, if it's your washing machine, if it's your, I don't know, uh, some sort of alert that you get over a chat application or whatever. Um, if you have to hear that all the time, you're going to become acutely attuned to to noticing that, which means that it's not going to have to be as loud or as as colorful as it might be if you were trying to convince someone that this was the, the right way to go or the right sound to choose. So what happens is in early on in my career, pardon me, I would, um, since I, I started off by wanting to make things quiet and, and clean and smooth and as reduced as possible, I would, you know, march into the client's office um, with my ill-fitting tie, and um, and they'd say, all right, uh, let's hear it. I'm like, well, you mean now? I'm like, yeah, 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 just play it on your laptop. I'm like, oh, okay. And it would be a maybe a noisy glass-lined, glass-walled conference room or something, and then I'd play some little... That would come out of the speakers and be like, that's it? You know? We paid a bunch of money for that. I'm like, well, no, but imagine you hear it, you know, 50 times during the day. I'm like, well, that's not, it's not loud enough. So it, it, um, 
it's a big problem of judging what is and isn't good, especially if something has to, if, if, the, if the real effect won't be known uh, over time. That said, there are a few things that you can do, you know, to make sure that um, you have some level of quality. Of course, you don't want the sound to be unnaturally distorted. Um, it has to fit within the performance envelope of the playout hardware. That is, if you've got a little tiny speaker, don't expect it to make low frequency sounds. Right. Um, yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, I would say some of the, the most common words that clients would use to describe their wishes for a sound would be um, warm and low. And those are two things that most mobile hardware or, or inexpensive uh, consumer electronics, they, they don't do that. or They didn't do that up until recently. And things have changed because um, the playout hardware has changed and the quality has, has become better, certainly become louder. Um, so I'm sorry to give you a wandering answer to your, to your quick question, but it, 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 it depends. And sometimes you have to end up giving people something that you know isn't going to work and let them discover that themselves. I know one approach in finding out what works and what doesn't work in the situation when it comes to the design is to experiment a lot and early, which I know mm -hmm. from your book is something that you uh, encourage people to do. Absolutely. How do you go about experiment with sound? How do, what kind of tools do you use? I mean, when it comes to graphical design, a lot of designers are, are familiar with pen and pencils or digital sketching tools, but how do you sketch with sound? I like to make funny noises with, with my mouth. If I'm starting to make, make something, or if I, I, and I just discovered this, it wasn't intentional, but early on uh, in my, some of my first, some first big projects were in, in Korea. And um, I gave some presentations and meetings, and I was trying to, to describe to the client like what it would sound like. And so I made noises like, you know, it would be kind of a harmonic thing that would go up. And I'd go, and then I would make some other clicking noises or whatever. And then at the end of the meeting, my host came up to me and said, you know, I don't know if anyone really understood what you were saying because you were talking way too fast. But they really liked the noises that you made. So we're going to continue with this project. Um, I learned two things there. One is, you know, to to speak to be, speak slower if you're uh, presenting to um, people who aren't native English speakers or native speakers or whatever language you're speaking. And two, um, yeah, that it's good to be, you know, that's a way of starting. It is a way of starting. It's just use your mouth to make noises or bang on things with your <laughs> hands or um, it, that pushes pushes the concept into the into the physical world and i think it's a nice place to start if you can because an osx or a windows interface you're already at an abstraction there you're already away mm -hmm. from i mean i'm 50 years old so i'm i'm half analog half digital um but for me it's it's still i'm moving i'm moving away from me as soon as i open up a an interface so i think by starting with an idea before you open up some sort of digital tool, even if that idea is just you pounding two rocks together, mm. um, I, I like to start there. And I, lo I love the the fact that I mean, making noise prototypes with your mouth is 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 like as simple as picking up a pen and paper or a whiteboard marker and and sketching something on the wall. Oh, s sketching! Actually, that's another another way. Is I will uh, is I will draw. Um, 
uh, amplitude, so an XY axis, and then draw amplitude envelopes over time. Oh. So um, that's a way of, and you can, there's a, there's a, a, certainly a long history of this in um, electronic composition. If you look at early electronic scores, they look like uh, triangles and rectangles, rectangles uh, all uh, stretched over a, the x-axis of a, of a graph where y is indicating amplitude and x is indicating time. And that's one way to start. In particular, if, you're, if your goal is to create a, a language, then you can already start by looking at rhythm and timing. Um, I, uh, so there are different standards. Uh, for example, um, I forget what it, I forget what the ISO is, but there's a hospital standard that requires alerts to to be in groups of three, I think. Okay. And so, um, yeah, drawing pictures and making noises first. That's that's a great <laughs> way to start. And the the second would be maybe grabbing an, a, a, any kind of musical instrument or something that's designed to make sound. And then go to the um, personal computer and, mm. and open up software. But it, I don't like to start with software if I don't have to. Mm. Mm. But speaking of, of when to start, when when is a suitable point to get involved with, with the, the sound design? Ah, that's another. <laughs> yeah, you're asking all the... the, the, the Quite, these are the these are the hobgoblins of my life for the last twenty years. So, um, in the I started in in doing this in nineteen ninety eight, and generally up until about two thousand ten or so, whenever I would be brought in on a project, it would be after everything else had been decided. Um, if it was just a software product, the software was was. Uh, was done and then someone remember oh yeah we need to add some sound for this if it was a hardware product all the specification for the the playout hardware had been established um the chassis had been built etc etc so any any sort of changes or improvements or um features you might have wanted to include that would benefit the 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 audible experience of that product were already set in stone it's good to come in as early as possible or at least have it on the on the project's radar, like if you're, and it, again, it, there's so many different kinds of products and services you can be um, building, and of course you're limited by budget and so on and so forth. But if it's, if this is something, some sort of sound that is going to be, um, is going to be part of the brand, that is part of the the, the real experience of the product then you want to start thinking about it as early as possible um, so that you don't create, so that you don't box yourself in and like, oh, wow, we, did, we should have put in a bigger speaker or a better amplifier or whatever, um, but now it's too late. Hmm. So uh, it's nice to get in as early as, as possible. That's changing. N- n- uh, most of the projects I'm on now, uh, I get approached fairly early on, and it it makes the process a lot easier. I mean, I guess that I mean that's, that's not really a surprising answer, really, because the, the the sound can't be extracted from the experience. I mean, it's as it's as much a part of the experience as 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 touch and as a sight. Y- yeah, you'd be surprised. Mm. Um, I think sound is sort of the the the, the 
it's the younger brother that's kept out of sight in a lot of projects, or at least it's felt like that until the last until the last minute. And um, but uh, again, as as the the graphical the size of the graphical user interface uh, decreases, this is a drawing. I don't know if we put it in the book. I mean, but as the size the size of the GUI increases, this the importance of the AUI, the audio user interface, increases to the point where when one disappears, the other one becomes all you have, and you see this now in um, in in voice user interfaces. And there's a great book about that. I forget uh, name of the person who wrote it, but it's on O'Reilly. There's another um, book on designing uh, voice user user interfaces, and they they address this, I think, um, quite a bit. Well, I'm a bit curious since you've been working with so many different kinds of industry, which which domain do you think is the one pushing the boundaries when it comes to sound design? It's hard to say. Uh, so game audio is certainly, in terms of, of its use of procedural audio or algorithmically generated real-time audio, game audio is just is way out in front of everybody else. But they also have, um, you know, whether it's... Uh, um, someone sitting in front of a PC or someone wearing headphones, they have the luxury of lots and lots of cycles to, to burn on the computer and a known playout environment, either headphones or some um, some PC speakers. And um, so you could say that makes their job easy, but at the same time, they, you know, they're, they're creating uh, moods and worlds and aesthetics um, and have been for quite some time. So I'd say game audio is off is, is way off the front. Um, I'm doing a lot of work for mobility, transportation, automotive. And mm. um, uh, specifically, I'm working with a, a company called uh, Brew and Kia, uh, mm-hmm. B-R-U-E-L-K-J-A-E-R. They're a Danish sound and vibration company. And... Um, uh, it's it's fun because I'm discovering that there's um, it, this is sort of like I'm going back to school right now. This sort of work it's <laughs> it's great because I'm I'm working with all these engineers um, who are NVH noise vibration harshness engineers, and um, not many people know, but the automotive industry has employed people concerned and focused on the way automobiles sound and feel. There's a there's a lot of a lot of resources that, that go into that, and it's not just the engine note; it's everything about the car. Mm, mm. So um, they they besides game audio, and of course any audio specific companies like people who make microphones or or film. I think yeah, transportation, mobility, automotive is probably the, the one of the leaders in that space. Yeah, it, it doesn't really surprise me. I was thinking about the automobile industry because. From the little I know, there's a lot of sound design going on to give the right feeling of the brand, like how it should sound like when you close the door or open the hatch, the clicks and everything of the mechanicals, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand. And I'm thinking now also that it adds an extra layer now when there's um, electric cars that may mm-hmm. not make these mechanical sound, but they're digital added to it. And I'm a little bit curious what your take is on that. Should should an electric car sound like a, uh, an old-fashioned, traditional motor car that goes on mm. fuel? Or should it have its own distinct personality that's purely digital? That's the question now, isn't it? Um, mm. So an, an IC or internal combustion engine, um, it 
it does more than just um, make a recognizable noise. And the, of course, the 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 amount of engineering know-how and design love that goes into designing the way engine sounds is is so much more than I think people would realize. It's it is. Uh, I've met the people who do this, and they're artists. They're really they're passionate artists. Um, and when you take that away, not only have you taken away the uh, a huge component of the uh, um, the time-based part aspect of the brand, but also you've taken away a masking component. So hmm. if you remove that IC engine, then there's all sorts of sorts of noises that, that automobiles make that you don't hear and you don't really want to hear if that engine's gone. So for example, um, the there's some pumps that supply the... Uh, the, your windshield wiper cleaner fluid, and they go wiki 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 wiki. Yeah, it's and, right. It's a much more scratchy noise you get from that pump if you do hear it. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> if you've you know maybe you've bought a really nice car and it's an electric car uh, and it cost you a bunch of money and then you hear this wiki 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 wiki, <laughs> or you're um you hear little bits of plastic in the car that are. Th- who's rattling before it may have Mm, been masked, mm, but mm. now you can hear. How do we put that back in the car, into the experience, but without without making it sound contrived? Because it's it's my strong opinion, although there are plenty of cars out there right now, you may even be driving one, where they're adding adding engine orders to an existing engine, yeah? So you can have a four-cylinder car, you can add some more engine orders to it and make it sound make it sound really tough yeah um but uh if you don't have an ic engine then i think it's sort of it's like um audio skeuomorphism yeah mm-hmm. i don't you remember remember when, yeah. when apple came out with a little the little notepad and there was like torn yes. paper yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and i'm not buying it i'm not buying it at all and it, it cheapens the experience i submit that anyone who says they know what the future of electronic for sound for EVs is is lying at this point because nobody really knows. I think it's going to be super exciting to see what you your professional comes up with because it's like you say. I, I feel right now we're in the stage where the graphical user interface was one day when they were just trying to emulate the physical world in a digital space, and now I think it's going to be a breakthrough in the sound um, to figure out how the digital, the pure authentic digital sound should should sound like and feel like yeah and i think eventually if you think about you know thankfully we don't have typewriter sound effects when we use our keyboards on our computers <laughs> um so so at some point you let go of the previous technology so mm-hmm. you, you no longer feel attached to the to the sound that was once there the benchmark that i'm uh, proposing to my clients is let's design such that if we take the sound away, people complain. Mm. Mm. That's that's a way to start. It's not the only way, and um, but that's that's a way to go into it because you can um, think about uh, think about the the sound effects for for spaceships on on TV. It's usually a low kind of tuned noise, like Starship Enterprise or whatever, and you don't really you don't notice that sort of mm. atmospheric sound 
during the, the program or the film you're watching, but if you take it away, then things feel kind of, then the, then the game's up, the joke's up. So the same in, in EVs, I think it's going to be a combination of, um, of ambient, of, of quiet ambient sound that is designed in such a way to give you um, critical information when you need it. Um, and maybe just to bring back some of the excitement that um, is was missing from the uh, after you took away the IC engine, because the IC engine also supplies a lot of vibration in the car, and it's the vibration that makes you um, that gives you the excitement. Uh, I, recently, I was at some manufacturers getting to take some rides in um, in some some fun sports cars. And although I was listening for the sound, I was really trying to pay attention to what the vibration was doing. And um, mm. it's, it's, it's incredible. It sends your pulse up. It sends your cortisol, your adrenaline. Like all these, all these happy juices are going through you. And it's not just the speed. It really is the way the whole thing vibrates and courses around you. And um, that, that's something that we're going to have to put back in as well. Or if, if you want that kind of experience because... If it's not there and you just have, say you have high SPL, loud sound in a, in, a, in a car, but you don't have any of that vibration coursing through it, it's just, it's half, it's only, it's half the sandwich. Or it's only, mm. I don't know what mm. my metaphor there is for, but anyway, it's half the story. Thanks a lot, Aaron, for helping us understand sound better and giving us a better chance of designing it. Uh, you're welcome. I think it's it's really really interesting to think about not only designing sound but designing the the lack of sound. But um, what's also just as fascinating was something we got into after we stopped recording. Um, you, Danway, you one of your you work with or, or research sketching. Yeah, that's right. I'm very curious about how to facilitate sketching when traditional tools like pen and paper may not be sufficient to explore all the different options that you may want to explore before picking out a promising design concept. And uh, to sketch with sound is just another, another, I guess, a way of exploring different alternatives of sound before you pick one that might, might be more promising that you want to iterate on and refine. And, yeah. Uh, so, like ske sketching a sound could be like we just well, what what Aaron did while we we're chatting to him, um, he was just making noises. Yes. It was it was kind of like going woo 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 and, yeah. and kind of just sketching yeah. a sound without yeah. using a, an instrument. Yeah. So sketching is do you do whatever it takes to express your idea, whether it is to use your mouth or you, whether it is to wave your arms around and do some dance or. Uh, draw something on the paper, whatever that's easy, fast, and um, not expensive to do, to express as many options as possible uh, to be able to explore. Yeah, and um, and Aaron himself, he, I wrote down a quote from him, he said at the end, successful design happens outside of language. Um, very nice. Which I think is a wonderful, yeah, very nice, wonderful little little phrase. And um, I I love how we've we've seen through talking to Aaron, We've 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 seen how um, sound is visual, in in a, in a way. If you relate it to how we work as 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 um, um, UXs or or visual designers uh, with digital medium, that 
sound is is no different in many ways. No, it's just another another element to the whole experience, and it plays yeah. a very important role in the whole personality of the product or service that we encounter. Um, links related to this episode are on uxpodcast.com. Um, and we also send them out as part of our backstage email, which you can sign up for at uxpodcast.com slash backstage. And something else you can listen to is episode 122, Calm Technology, featuring Amber Case. Thank you for listening, and remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Who's there? Art. R2. R2D2. Oh. <laughs>